onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 4 One Hot Meal Gross! Hey, stop tossing it around. You're supposed to eat it, dumbass. Make mine extra spicy. Do not. Violet groaned and slumped against the food cart, then looked up, clasped her hands together in prayer, and said, Please do not make my little sisters extra spicy, Jer. I am begging you. Jericho laughed as he stirred one of the half-dozen sauce pots around him while a dozen trench mollusks simmered in a wide-bellied pan in front of him. Trench mollusks were naturally salty, like some of the deep shellfish from around his old home in Bilgewater, and they didn't need much to be full of flavor. All it took was the right sauce to bring it out and the right heat to bring out the flavor. In front of him, Violet was acting the calm one, while all four kids were pushing and shoving at one another as they tried to lean close to the smell. Vi was the oldest, but only by a little, but she was already like Vander, tough and hard-nosed, but trenchy kids with empty bellies were all the same once you boiled it down. Here, Jericho grunted and got loud through a wide grin of sharp teeth, shoving the bowl of sauce-covered mollusks towards little powder. Extra spicy. Violet started to blanch, only to relax when he winked at her while the others were distracted. Powder dug in, her little hands grasping at the slippery mollusk meat as she fended off her two older brothers from stealing bites of her meal. Hey, Jericho, pal, any way I can get some extra sauce? Milo wheedled, leaning in with his bowl. Get what you get, Jericho grunted, reaching up and prizing a cleaver from the thick wooden board on his shoulder and waving it under Milo's nose. Okay, okay, he grinned as he held up his hands. Can't hurt to ask, right? Can I get a bull with the legs, Jer? Clagger asked, eyeing a quartet of thick, tox-toed legs sizzling away on the grill. Gross, Powder exclaimed. I hate tox-toads. They sound like barfing. But they taste amazing, Clagger retorted. Jericho scooped all four legs into a wide bowl and drizzled two generous ladles of sauce on them before handing it over to Clagger, who took it happily. He bit into the crispy-skinned legs with a satisfying crunch and moaned around the mouthful of meat in a way only a hungry young pup could. With those three served, Jericho turns to Vi, who was licking her lips and eyeing the bright blue bristle-tongued slugs that were smoking over a fire. You want? Jericho nodded back at them. And Vi nodded excitedly, showing the world the young girl that was still there under all that hurt. Bristletongue slungs were named for the tall black bristles that rose from their backs and their unsettling resemblance to a certain muscle. They were tricky to harvest and trickier to prepare thanks to those sharp bristles, but they were popular because their meat was an odd mixture of sweet and savory. Specifically, they tended to be popular with the younger crowd, but Jericho had never mentioned that to Violet. Sweeping up a bowl, Jericho knocked a dozen slugs from the hooks they were hanging from into the well of it, then tossed them onto the fryer before following up with ladles of thin sauce. The scent of their cooking filled the cart and the air around it briefly before he swept them back into the bowl and dumped a serving of thick, golden gravy over them. "'You're the best, Jer, and don't let anyone tell you different,' Violet said as she took the bowl that he passed her and started plucking the slugs out and popping them into her mouth. Jericho leaned back and watched as they ate. 
filling their bellies in a way that not enough of the children of Zong could manage. There was no wealth in the streets of Zong. Violet and her little crew had traded scrap for their meals today like they usually did, unless they were selling something to Benzo and came into some actual coin, but that was rare. Coin was more common when Vanda would bring the kids out and barter meals himself, but those times were rarer lately. The streets were getting harder and colder, and Vander spent more time in his tavern keeping the peace. That was fine by Jericho. Things in Zon at their worst still weren't as bad as they'd ever been in Bilgewater. Turning his back on the children, Jericho returns to his sauces and the frying foods, throwing in a few extra spices to waft tantalizing smells in the air to tempt hungry passers-by. Occasionally, though, he did check over his shoulder, keeping an eye on them. He had promised Vander that much, after all. Hey, Jericho! Thanks for the grub, Mawa said as he pushed his empty bowl forward. Wait, I'm not done, Powder chirped as she began shoveling more of her order into her cheeks. Clagger had polished his legs off quicker than anyone and reached out to grab Milo's collar and drag him back from walking away, while Vi leaned on the food cart counter languidly chewing on one of her slugs. Come on, I want to get back before the music starts. Tilly's never going to dance with you until you actually ask her, Milo, Clagger said pointedly, and Milo bristled at him. Besides, Vi got her bowl last so you could eat first because you were complaining the whole way here. Wait for her to eat. He slapped one of his wide hands against Milo's narrow back, which served more to clump him back into his chair than anything. Fine, Milo grumbled. And I'm gonna ask her, tonight, okay? Whatever you say, dude, Thy said through a mouthful of gravy. I don't get the big deal with dancing, Powder said as she slurped up another mollusk. Thy chuckled and ruffled her hair. I'll explain when you're older, Pow-Pow. For now, just focus on your bombs, okay? Powder flashed a grin. These ones will work this time. You'll see. First time for everything, I guess, Milo grumbled. Yeah, well, at least I try, Powder said, sticking her tongue out. Whew, call that a powder burn, Vi cackled, poking Milo in the shoulder, prompting him to swat her before she turned back to Jericho and smiled. Thanks for the hot meal, Jer, she said as she pushed her empty bowl to him. See you next time. Stay out of trouble, Jericho rumbled. Always do, Vi said. It was the last time he saw her for a very long time. Jericho's cleaver came down hard on the counter, and he crossed his arms as he glowered at the pair before him. Said no, Jericho grunted. Means no. Scram. Come on, fish boy, we're not asking for much. A rail-thin ganger with bloodshot eyes and the telltale discolored veins of a shimmer user was leaning forward with the idiot arrogance of someone too stupid to pick their fights. We're keeping the streets safe. He gestured out towards the surrounding streets that were empty of all but the vagrants. Least he can do is feed us, right? Scram. His friend, a taller, thicker, and apparently even more stupid specimen, pulled out a thick, heavy knife. We're hungry, fish boy, he growled in Gutlow. Thou give us the food, or we're frying up you on your own pans next. Before Jericho could grab the larger, better-balanced heavy hook blade underneath his counter, a roar of gunfire filled the street with a cacophonous howl. A stream of flensing shot swept the street in front of his cart, ventilating the gangers in an instant. They were dead before they hit the ground and blood streaming from their bodies towards the nearby storm drain. 
Jericho grimaced as he looked down at the splatters of blood on his chest, wiped them away, then looked up and over towards the source of the gunfire. Those bozos giving you trouble, Jer? Jinx asked in curling gutlow. I'm always telling Dad we need to hire folks with brains, but... She shrugged as she walked over and dropped herself into one seat and her minigun into another. Now luck, what are you going to do? She brushed her hair out of her eyes and rocked back and forth on her seat staring at the frying meat, then shoved her hand into one of her many pockets, pulled out a couple of coins, and held them out. Give me one of the usual? she asked hopefully. Extra spicy? Jericho snorted, then nodded and took the coins before turning to start frying up the mollusk order. The story was whispered around that Vander had rabbited with his kids, abandoning the lanes and the rest of the undercity to Silco and his chem-addled soldiers. Jericho didn't believe it. He never had. Besides, even if Vander did have it in him to run, he would never have left behind powder. Violet especially would have never left behind powder. Something terrible had happened. Jericho was sure of it, but that wasn't his business. It never had been. Vander had been a good man— and Jericho was sad to see him go, but that was the way of things. Like the bilgewater tides, good tides come in, then go out, then bad tides come in, then those go out too. Bad tides for now didn't mean bad tides forever, but little powder. Something had broken inside of her. Jericho had seen it before in young sailors. They see things or do things or have things done to them, and they change. They break. And Powder's eyes had seen things. Her hands had done things. Hey, Jericho, weird question, but do, do you dream? Jinx asked quietly. And Jericho tossed an odd look over his broad shoulder at her. Dream what? Jericho asked. She shrugged. Just, you know, dream, Jinx replied. Everyone dreams. Jericho flicked his wrist and sent the mollusks spinning as he ladled sauce across them. Bad dreams, good dreams, just dreams. He doled out the mollusks into a wide bowl and started adding the other sauces, while Jinx groaned out an annoyed sigh. Not like that, Jerry. It's like... She rubbed at her head and groaned, twitching as she shot a dirty look at the empty chair beside her. Shut up! She spat in Gutlow before looking back at Jericho with a slightly more fragile expression. You ever have one of those dreams, like, the ones that last forever? Or feel like it? More like waking up from one dream into a different one. And it's like this, this whole life you have, or had, and uh, people, you know, friends, and, and then other people. Jericho raised an eyebrow. Other people. When I dream, I see this girl. Jinx muttered as she took the bowl Jericho handed her. She doesn't always look the same, but, but it's her. I know it. I know her anywhere. Jinx slurped up the mollusks while staring down into her bowl with wide eyes. And I dream our whole lives, and then... Then I wake up. There had always been something odd about Little Powder. Something touched, as the old salt seers would say. Some folks, when they were born, came out strange, sometimes with visions, other times with madness, and it was hard to tell the two apart. Powder, Jinx, she'd always had a bit of both. The visions and the madness. Sad thing for a name to fit so well. A Jinx, a curse. 
Jericho couldn't help but wonder if the girl was cursed. Selaki dream of water, Jericho rumbled. Dream of dark tides, deep places, and storms. Dream of home. Home, Jinx echoed as she slurped up more from meal. You think maybe I'm dreaming of home, too? Jericho shrugged. Maybe, but you are not Selaki, he said. So maybe dreaming of home, maybe dreaming of other dreams. What do you mean other dreams? Jinx looked up at Jericho curiously. I'm always dreaming, right? So how do you dream of dreaming? Falling asleep, like falling into deep water. Water is full of dreams. Dreams of low places and high places, and far shores. Jericho pulled more meat from the hooks over him and started cooking a new meal, more to have something to do while he talked than anything else. Sometimes the dreams, they drift into each other, like shoals of fish meeting in the deep. But if they're all different dreams, then why do I keep seeing her? Jinx asked. Snorting, Jericho laughed as he turned back around to look at little Jinx, or not-so-little Powder, and smiled. Told you, ocean full of dreams. Didn't say old dreams were yours. Maybe her dreams and your dreams are same ones. I don't get it. Jinx said, looking up from her bowl. And every time I dream, I see her in every single dream. Tears were threatening in her eyes. Why? What's the point if I can't find her here? Catching dreams, like catching fish, needs patience, Jericho said. Patient fishers catch dreams sooner. Jinx pursed her lips in a delicate moo before shoving more of her meal past them. What if I don't want to wait? She said through a mouthful of sauce and mollusk meat. Wait, don't wait. Dreams don't care, Jericho said. Ocean doesn't care either. That's stupid, Jinx muttered. Above them, clocks began chiming the midnight bell. And Jinx looked up from her bowl with a grin, listening to the cacophony for a moment before looking back at Jericho and saying, Happy progress, Tajir. Now, she put herself up, I gotta go. I got places to be and barrels to guard. Stay out of trouble, Jericho rumbled. Always do, Jer, Jinx said before downing the rest of her meal, pushing the bowl back to him and picking up her rotator cannon. Always do. Times changed, but times always changed. Tides came in, tides went out. Undercity went out, Zahn came in, and that was fine with Jericho. Didn't matter to him. The streets were still there, and so were the hungry customers. Sometimes things were worse, other times they were better. That was how it always was, though. It was late when a familiar face slipped into view and took a seat at the counter. 
She looked troubled, but then she often did. And ever since she had come back, ever since the Undercity had become the Nation of Zaun, and all the chaos that came and went. Hijer, Vi said quietly as she drummed her fingers on the counter. Can I, um, can I get the usual? Jericho chuckled and started knocking bristle-tongued slugs into a bowl. Been a while, he grunted. You topsider now. No, Jericho, I'm not a fucking topsider, Vi said sullenly. Seriously, everyone is on my ass about that, but they don't get it. I can't change anything from down here without starting a war. She thumped her head against the counter and sighed. I'm not going to be like Silco. I'm not going to drag the whole Undercity into a bloodbath. If change is going to come peaceful-like, then it's got to start up there, you know? Jericho didn't reply, and there was no point. Vi wanted change without killing, and maybe it would happen. Not likely, though. Change came naturally, in and out, but forcing change, forcing the tide. You had to pay for that kind of change, and not in coin, but in sacrifice, in the old way. That kind of change asked for blood. But Violet didn't want that kind of change. No need to waste breath. Besides, from the way she sighed, it was something that enough people had already told her. Not going to tell me not to bother? Vi asked as she watched Jericho sear her slugs in sauce. Don't bother, do bother, does no bother to me, Jericho said with a laugh. I cook, I sell, I sleep, I cook more. So war, no war. People still need to eat. You're a man of wisdom, Jer, and I wish more people thought like that, Vi said with a laugh. World would be a lot kinder place if we all just wanted to eat and sleep. That much was true, but it wasn't the way of things. But Vi already knew that. She didn't need him to tell her again. I'm getting married tomorrow. Did you know that? Vi said before taking a bite and chewing thoughtfully. Topsider, girl? Yeah, Vi said, swallowing the bite. And that girl who was with me before, remember? Right before Silco and everything else went down? Hmm, I remember. Smelled like enforcer, Jericho said. She was one, but got canned for trying to do the right thing, Vi said. That's the kind of people they are up there, you know? Play by their fucked up rules or don't play at all. Except Kate, my cupcake. She's tougher than that. She wants to change the whole game. Jericho laughed. Game doesn't change. Just new players sometimes. Better players, worse players. Same game, though. Always the same game. That's what I'm afraid of, Vi said. You love her? More life itself. Vi looked up at Jericho with worried eyes. I love her like I can't even say, you know? So much that it hurts sometimes. Is love supposed to hurt like that, Jer? Mm, yep, Jericho grunted. Vi laughed weakly as she poked at her meal. Care to elaborate? Mm, nope. Some big fat help you are, Jer, Vi replied before diving back into her meal. 
She ate in silence for several moments, chewing through her favorite childhood dish with gusto. Something in her eyes reminded Jericho a lot of Vander, maybe too much. Vander was a good man, but the Undercity, Zahn, wasn't made for good men. It was made for men like Silco, made for monsters like Jinx. Maybe it could change, maybe not, but that wasn't his business. Vi wanted to make it her business, though. I wish Vander was still here, Vi said quietly. Wish he could have met Kate. I think he would have liked her. She huffed out a small laugh. She's crazy like he was, but she's got more fire, you know? Vander, he'd compromise. But Caitlin ain't ever even heard the word before. And I'm scared she's gonna get herself killed. But you will love her, Jericho asked. Like the stars love the sky, I replied. Then die with her, if it comes to it. Jericho said with a shrug. Old die, so might as well die well. Fight and swim, and fight and swim, and then die. And the world turns, and the tides go out. Then they come back in, and you do it again. You must be. Vi nodded as she finished off her bowl then looked up at Jericho and smiled. Thanks for the hot meal, Jer. Don't suppose I can convince you to come topside to cater for the wedding? A roar of laughter belted out of him as Jericho thought about the looks on the topsiders' faces when they saw him, and then laughed harder at the thought of them seeing what he was seeing. Violet laughed with them, and for a moment the quiet streets were filled with their raucous mirth. Him, Jericho? Serving food at a fancy topsider wedding? That was the funniest thing he'd heard in a while. Wiping tears from her eyes, Vi shook as she tried to get her wind back between chuckles, and then looked up to Jericho and held out a hand. Yeah, I didn't think so, she said. Jericho took her hand, gripped it tight, and said, Stay out of trouble. Come on, Jay, you know me, Vi said with a grin. I always stay out of trouble. The wheels of Jericho's food cart squeaked as he dragged it up the incline towards the market square. He hadn't left the lanes in a long time, not even after they stopped being the lanes, but the tides had gone out and now they were coming back in, and like all good Selecki, Jericho was following them. He followed them out of the lanes, followed them through the shadows of the low wards and scrap districts, and now he found them again, in Biloa. All around him, people moved with lively strength. It was strange, almost like it used to be in the lanes before Vander fell and Silco rose. There were more smiles than not, more pleasantries and fewer threats. It was a rare thing in Zahn nowadays. Behind him, a small gaggle of children followed. The oldest could not have been more than fourteen years. They reminded him of another group of children he had been fond of, some of them were gone now, but others, others were still around, here and there. They followed and watched as he rolled his cart through the open streets of Biloa and into the square where a statue rose up from the water regulator. Jericho smiled as he stared up at it. The face was familiar, and it wasn't. There was more of the young girl he had known in that defiant smile, and less of the monster she was made into. Yes, this was a good place— 
a tide pool that he could rest in for when the tides went back out. When they came in again, who knew? Perhaps he would follow them, perhaps not. Everything changed, and sometimes that change was bloody, but sometimes it wasn't. All the changes were different, though. Parking his cart nearby, he reached around his back and began pulling the heavy counter slabs from where they were lashed to his shoulders. Setting up was a slow process, slower than it used to be. He was getting old, but an old Selaki was just as dangerous as a young one. What they lost in speed and fury they gained back in wits and treachery. Admittedly, that didn't help his aching back or the stiffness in his knees, but it was a thing he liked to tell himself. He had barely gotten them free when chatter started up from the children, and first he ignored it, but then it spread, like a storm across the square. The children were talking, and the adults were too, and he looked up from his work to find a crowd that had formed to meet the newcomer was already parting. There was awe on the faces of the people, expressions of wonderment, and they moved back as two figures stepped out from their midst. One was familiar. She was tall and wolf-lean, all whipcord muscle tattoos and scars. Her left arm was replaced with an augmented hextech prosthesis, but the rest of her was the same, the original model. Jinx. Beside her was a woman who moved like someone who knew how to kill and probably enjoyed it. Her hair was the gold color of sunlight, and her skin was sun-kissed and fair. She certainly wasn't Zonite. Fisherfolk didn't come in any of those colors. Jinx, Jericho rumbled. Jinx stopped in front of him and stared up with a widening smile, and she started blinking rapidly. Then a single tear fell down her cheek as she said in sibilant Gutlau, I remember you, Jericho. Laughing, Jericho spread his arms, and Jinx launched herself at him, hugging him tight around his generous middle. Her arms didn't even come close to wrapping around him, but it was the thought that counted. Besides, it was good to see her come back. It had been a very long time since he had seen her smile like that. When she stepped back, she reached behind herself and dragged the blonde woman closer. Chair, this is Lux. She's the one, remember? From the dreams? See, told you, Jericho said, reaching out to lay a hand on her head. Patient Fisher catches dreams sooner. It's good to meet you, Lux said in surprisingly fluent Gutlau, even if she did speak it through her nose before holding out a hand. Jinx has told me a little about you, and I'm glad you've joined us. Jericho eyed her hand for a moment, then took it and shook. You are a dangerous woman. Smells like blood in the water, he said. And Lux started to frown. That's good. Jinx needs a strong woman to keep her happy. You keep her happy? It's all I ever wanted, Lux said. That was the honest truth. Jericho could hear it in the way her voice cracked just a little. Let's get this put together, yeah? Jinx crowed, as she started helping him set up. Lux did the same, and soon the rest of the crowd was too. Jericho's food cart had never flown together quicker, and within the hour the fires of his stoves and sauce bowls were lit, and the market was filling with the scent of good food. Jinx had just finished putting together the rest of the counter stools, and to Jericho's surprise, there were a number of tables being added to his little corner of the square as well. 
It seemed the tides were going to be good to him this time around. So what do you say? Jinx asked as she took a seat, and Luck sat beside her. Can I get one of the usual? Extra spicy? Jericho asked. Always. Jinx grinned as she wrapped an arm around Lux and pulled her close. Now let's get a medley of whatever you got for Blondie here. I don't know if I'm that hungry, Jinx, Lux said weakly. You gotta try it, Jinx replied with a comically serious expression. This is Jericho's. He's not just the best food in Zahn. He is the food of Zahn. Lux sighed and laughed, then nodded. Okay, all right, she said, then turned to Jericho. No spice for me, though, much to my um, shame I've still got a Damasian palate. No problem. I never gave her anything spicy either, Jericho admitted, finally revealing the dark secret he'd kept for so many years as he nodded to Jinx, whose jaw dropped. What? Lux snorted, then started laughing, and it was one of the most graceless noises that Jericho had ever heard. That was good. That meant that it was an honest laugh and anyone who could laugh like that still had something real in their hearts. Jericho, buddy, you're messing with me, right? Jinx asked, but he didn't reply. He just started tossing mollusks into a bowl. Jer, Jer! Oh, come on! You better give me the spice this time! Belting out a laugh, Jericho looked over his shoulder and flashed her a grin. Depends. You stayed out of trouble. Jinx shrugged and pulled Lux against her. Are you kidding? she asked. Always do. I even got married. Nodding, Jericho turned back to his cooking. Good. One hot meal. Extra spicy. Coming up. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, Get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.